Welcome back and Happy New Year. It's 2021 and Cranks of Dawn just continues. Today for this episode, I'm talking to Bo Kapstor. We actually spoke uh, just before Christmas. So when you hear us talk about the weather over Christmas and so on, uh, you know that this is actually a recording we did uh, one of the last days just before Christmas. In this episode, we talk about a lot of things. Bo is a coach for a lot of cyclists, both at recreational level, but also at elite level. And he's actually having some of the best, most promising talents uh, in Denmark that he's coaching. I can't give you any names, but we're talking at a very high level. But at the same time, he's also dealing with people like uh, myself, who's just, uh, you know, riding for recreational and just because we we think it's it's good. But at the same time, we also want to, people also want to be be better and improve their performance. In this episode, uh, you will hear us talk about or hear Bo talk about couch potatoes. And if you don't know what that is, I suggest you just keep listening. Couch potatoes. Uh, we also talk about, and that's one of the things that I think is, is very interesting, uh, the plateau. that That's a state that many of us reach when we are, you know, you start out cycling and then you improve a lot uh, and you follow and you, you you can just feel you get stronger. But at a certain level, you kind of it, it flat, uh, you reach this plateau where you don't really get any better. You're good and you're continuously uh, riding fast or you, and all that, but you're not getting any better. That's the plateau where, where many of us end up. And Bo was actually talking about how to handle that and what we can do and all the, the things, all the elements of factors that we can adjust, the buttons that we can turn uh, to, to become even better. Uh, because the fact is that most of us has a limited amount of time that we can use on training. Uh, and Bo is used to, to deal with that. And he talks about that and how to motivate people, motivate athletes who are just riding for fun, for, for fitness level, recreation. And also how to motivate the elite rider, the young 17-year-old boy who just want to go all the way. How do you motivate these two uh, different kinds of athletes and, and make sure that they don't, uh, you know, get fed of it? Because I think that's one of the things that, that some of us actually experience from time to time. We start following a training program. It's really cool. Uh, but at a certain point in time, we kind of, you know, you, you get a little bit tired of it and you have other things you need to focus on and then you kind of falls back into uh, old routines. All that is some of, the, some of the things that we're talking to Bo about. So stay online and listen to it and, and uh, get in touch with me if you have any suggestions about guests we should have on this podcast or if you have any uh, feedback that you want to give, I'm happy to hear it. You can find my contact details in the in the show notes, and uh, you can also find both contact details. So uh, let's get on with it. Okay, Bo, thanks very much for joining me here today. It's uh, it's good to have you. How are you? Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm fine. It's a grayish day in Bonham, but it's, it's nice. That's good. I think gray is what kind of character. I think here in Oslo, we haven't seen the sun since December 1st. I read the other day, but they say we'll see it uh, very soon. So so hopefully. But Bo, uh, uh, it's good to have you here. And uh, just for the listeners, Bo and I, I've, I've known you for, I think, maybe 10, 11 years now. Uh, and you're uh, you're Danish, living in Denmark uh, at Bonholm. For those who, who who know where that is, uh, could you tell me uh, tell us something about uh, just a little bit about who you are and your history around cycling and what got you into cycling and so on? Well, 
being Danish, you, you get a bicycle when you're a, a small kid. And um, I used my, my, my bike to, to race my, my, my friends uh, just around the block um, and for transportation. That's pretty much it. Um, I took uh, competitive cycling up quite late. I think I started at the age of uh, 20 doing some, some, some miles, but never really big, big miles. Um, and when I started competing... I had a plan that uh, I would see how far I could get. I never made it to the elite level. And today I'm a, I'm a cycling coach. Uh, I do one-to-one -one, uh, coaching and I also do a few uh, training camps and some small trips for businesses who want to go down and, and do some cycling some, somewhere, someplace where the, where the weather is really nice. Okay, so so, tell, so you so you you're running your own business now. Can can you tell us a little bit about because uh, I think you did that. Is that maybe seven eight years ago? You kind of started up your own business around that. Could you tell us a little bit about that decision where you kind of <laughs> yeah went all in on that cycling business uh, at the time? Yes, uh, at the time I started to realize that the jobs that I had had uh, never really made me uh, made me happy. And I was very, I was uh, very much into cycling, and I knew that. Uh, well, I could see there was a growing demand for for for, for coaching services. Uh, um, but a few years later, uh, earlier, I I actually started um, coaching my my local club. That's where where we met. Yeah, it is. You did me well. <laughs> I when when I started coaching, I was immediately drawn to that. I uh, I just thought that well, this is this is something I could be really good at um and something that i that i enjoyed a lot um but you know i i didn't have a, a background as a exercise a physiologist or, or anything remotely connected to that so so i did a lot of uh, courses i read a tons of of books and uh, <laughs> a lot of academic uh, papers on uh, exercise physiology and started to you know get some knowledge uh, and combined with all the practical uh, stuff, because I, I did train a lot at that time, and I was training this club, and I was competing. So I, I think at, at that time, I, it was a quite a deep learning curve, and I well slowly, well quite yeah, slowly got more and more uh, into this uh, coaching stuff. And I also did, a, I guess you call it a coaching, some coach training, not not sports coaching, but you know, more like a, like business coaching. Mm -hmm. And because I, I, I like to do the coaching, uh, the uh, making people's uh, trainings plans, but I also wanted to 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 have a more uh, broad perspective on it. So you you're talking about coaching people, not necessarily around the cycling uh, training and performance, but yes, yeah, you know, I, development in general. Yes, I was I was very convinced that if I have to to help people get as good as or as strong as possible and especially those who are very talented the the task was more than just writing training plans and we had to 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 to, to take a more uh, broad uh, view of it and go into uh, how they perceive themselves and how they how they how they act uh, when the when the heat is on, you know, in, in the race situations and all those kind of, of, of stuff and how, how they could, what kind of potential they could see and what kind of limitations they they thought about themselves. So so, so what I wanted to, to have was some kind of uh, framework for for the dialogue with, uh, with the riders. 
Mm-hmm. So it was some some kind of combination like coaching and uh, and and training. So so do you see? I mean, if you started this out in 2012, 13, and until today, seven eight years later, do you see a difference in, in the type of cyclist that you see moving from? I mean. You, you talked about you being competitive, and when when you were coaching in the club where we we met, it was you know we, we all competed uh, at different levels, uh, but but competition was kind of what you know brought us together. Is competition still playing as big a part of your coaching today as it uh, was back then? You think? Uh, actually, yes, um, but there are more clients now. It's always, you know, when you, when you take a, the whole group of athletes, you see the, the elite level is, that's the, the smallest group and uh, the, the recreational or sub elite group is, is, is much bigger. So, so for me, it has always been something like 75% recreational riders and 25% elite riders. And I think that's more or less what you see in all cycling coaches' businesses. So the recreational cyclists, um, I think, I mean, how do you how do you work with a cyclist who's not necessarily competing at elite level or maybe not even want to compete at all, but, you know, want to to improve their performance and i think you all I've, I've seen you also do some you know specific training programs towards or sessions around la motte in la motte in, in france and those big events uh, are those the recreational cyclists that you kind of help you know getting motivated and so on well we always say that, that there are no two two uh, uh, athletes who are completely uh, the same so it's always a little different from one client to another uh, but if we take the the recreational riders if you take uh, their age typically it's like from 25 and up to well above 60 mm-hmm. some of them have uh, haven't got a, a, an athletic background sometimes you know a guy calls me and he might be or she might be 50 55 or 40 years old and you know the kids they are they are big and all that kind of stuff and they have more time for themselves now they have good jobs and but they they want to do something uh, physical you know nobody wants to die <laughs> These <No. laughs> we all want to, to to look good and be healthy and uh, get the most out of uh, of the time that we have on the planet and 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 the way we work well, well first of all we have to, to to establish a goal and let's say that it's a person who wants to to compete in a a confounder race uh, could be mamot or stelvi or whatever it is and then we know and then it's actually quite a, a simple uh, um, consultant's uh, uh, assignment because you know we got a, we have a day we have a race day we know we have to be ready at that day and uh, then we establish where we are today. So it's like a movement from from A to B, and we we, we sit, sit sit down and talk and see how much time does uh, the the person have to train and uh, what what kind of uh, physical profile does he or she have and what areas do we have to work on and how much time do they have to 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 work and then I start making a maybe a training plan for, for a few weeks which might include some some tests depend on depends on what training data we have uh, from the client and, and then we go on from there I, I usually make training plan for like two three four weeks then we evaluate and then we we move on and sometimes um, 
there are also other uh, things that might be important for this person uh, re- relating to, to the physical performance. That might be something about nutrition. It might be uh, weight loss. It might be, uh, if it's one who's not that experienced on a bike, it might be well something about how, how you ride your bike. as a, how, no, you know, the how, technical how, part as yeah, well. All the technical yeah. stuff, you know, gearing, selection of gearing and uh, all that kind of stuff. But it also might be something about, you know, how to how to make this possible actually because you got 24 hours every day you have to sleep eight hours if <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and you have to work maybe eight hours or 10 hours uh, i don't know you might also have a, a husband or a wife and so sometimes it's it's also something about how to prioritize you know People sometimes, oh, many people think that, well, you know, I just have to spend as many hours as possible, mm-hmm. um, but it isn't so. And, 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 and sometimes we also have to find the, the, the level that works best for, for, for this uh, athlete because, you know, the theories might say that 12 hours is much better than eight hours a week. But if eight hours is all you got, and uh, well, then eight hours is the best option. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I mean, uh, I remember when when you you did some training programs for me, and I think I remember some of the conversations that we had was this: that okay, I don't have that much time. I have family, I have job, I have a lot of obligations, but I still want to, you know, ride as fast as possible. And I remember you you brought up this idea with me doing these very high intensive interval trainings, and I basically just you know spent half an hour, forty five minutes uh, on the bike and that was it uh i have to admit it was uh, it was hell when i did it uh but it worked uh but to some extent for me it kind of took a little bit of the joy out of you know uh riding the bike because i was focused i i only did this for a very short period of time but i could mm. see it worked mm. but how do you how do you help your clients saying okay if if a client if if a cyclist come in and say I want to be really strong I I'm, I have this race I have the European Championship I know you have clients at a very high level uh, these super elite clients coming in do you work with them on uh, not overdoing it as well Yes, definitely, definitely. Yes, I, I have a I have a right now I'm I'm helping especially one young rider. I've been helping him since he was like 15, and um, he was what you could call a, a late developed guy. He matured quite late, so he was a small, skinny boy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he was having a very hard time in in the races. Um, and he couldn't train as much as you would normally uh, ask a 15 or 16 or 17 year old. Uh, to do uh, it wasn't it wasn't po- possible uh, at all uh, so we had to to adjust his uh, his hours so that um, he could handle it both uh, physically but also uh, mentally so so that's that that's an important thing but but if you, if you take the elite uh, riders it's it's a different uh, process when I work with them um, because uh, usually they have a lot of hours. You know, the hours, it, it's not a problem. And uh, motivation is also not a problem uh, most of the time. Um, and they can do quite, um, some might call it boring training sessions. <laughs> 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 but but the, that, that's the difference. You know, it's, it's that they look at it, at the training as a job. 
Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, a guy like you, who uh, who, who works uh, uh, full time, uh, well, well, training also has has to be enjoyable. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's that's quite a, a a big difference. But of course, uh, it's always so that that when we start up. Uh, we have to have a serious conversation about uh, what it takes to get to where they want to, mm. because it's easy. Mm. Some, some, some. So today, most people they have power meters on their bike uh, uh, when they come uh. to me, and quite often uh, those uh, recreational riders they come and say, "Oh, I have, I have this dream. I would like to do to be able to do four watts per kilo uh, on this mountain." And I always say, "Yeah, that's okay." Um, that's not impossible to most people, um, but of course we have to see where we are today. So, so if a guy comes to me and uh, let's say he's uh, 2.5 watts per kilo, that's how much power he can produce for something like 40 or 50 or 60 minutes. And he said, well, in three months from here, I want to be at four watts per kilo. Uh, I have to tell him that it might not be possible, uh, but also that. 3.2 is, uh, is is really good for, uh, in that short time. Um, so, so of course we have to to find uh, to 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 to, re- to to establish a a baseline, but also a, a realistic uh, target. So, uh, I think a lot of quite a few of the listeners to this would be at the recreational level, no doubt about it. And the people that I see when out riding are people, you know, like myself or who, who haven't basically been riding much before, maybe uh, want to join, start cycling and, and so on. Uh, how would you say that someone just started cycling, don't want to do competition uh, in the near future, but, you know, just want to develop themselves as mm. a cyclist and become better and more confident about the whole cycling thing. What would you, what would you say that, uh, how, how would you say that they should approach it? Well, well, first of all, uh, uh, this is, this is back to the, to the coaching background, you know, what, what, what you focus on is that this is where all the change and all where, where all the development happens. Um, mm. So, so they have to establish uh, like a baseline, well, we have to know where are they, you know? uh, how how strong are they, and how much time do they have to train, and then we have to to to, to set up a, a goal for them, and and then like 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 in a, like in business life, um, if you navigate uh, from a plan, if you have a strategy uh, and a tactic, uh, well then you are quite likely to to get close to your target. Whereas if you just go by, yeah, by feel or, uh, you know, what do I want to do today and uh, with no structure and no plan, well, then you, you don't know where you, you end up. It's like, it's like asking a business owner to, 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 to sell his business uh, intelligence uh, system. You know, no, nobody wants to do that. No, no, no. It doesn't have to be that complicated. No, you don't. You don't have to necessarily to have a power meter or, or stuff like that. But, you, but, 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 but you need. It, you will be better off with, with with some kind of plan. It doesn't have to be structured, uh, completely structured. But, but I would say that almost any plan is better than no plan. Yeah, I can. I can totally relate to that. But I mean, uh, I. Uh... 
I've reached a level where I, I I don't necessarily have a plan as such, but you know, uh, since I've been writing so many years, I have this kind of idea about where where things are going, if depending on what I do. But but I can often see people who 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 haven't that much experience. It's it's a bit like okay, if you if you just you know point them in the, the right direction, things become much 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 easier for them, and we we. I'm happy to continue to see them join. Definitely, yeah. But you also have to, to, to look at it this way. If you start as a couch potato and you start cycling just a, just a little, just a few days per week, your fitness will improve dramatically uh, the first month, maybe the first year. And if you go on, well, if you don't have a train, training plan or, or some kind of some kind of a structure well you will you will you will reach some kind of plateau and that's that's where a lot of recreational riders they end up this is this what you could call a, a, a strong recreational rider but then their development stops they now they have they have found out well, I, I can do like three days a week or maybe four days a week and uh, i always do the same uh, same courses i i might go out and do a uh, a few intervals, but it's the same intervals week after week after week, and maybe year after year. And then the body stops to 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 adopt to the training. Then there's uh, not enough uh, training stimuli to 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 for the for the body to 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 get stronger. Okay, so you actually said that you need some continuous adjustment of those uh, intervals. Definitely. That you're, yeah. Definitely, it's always like use it or lose it. That's with the with the fitness. And you have to, and that, that's the that's the, <laughs> that's the very boring thing, you know. As soon as you get strong, well, you have to 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 push you harder, to push your body harder to get to get stronger. And that's it. So so if so if you start when you start training, you know, and uh, you come here come as a couch potato, any kind of training will lead the body to to develop, mm. no doubt. Mm. But maybe after six months or twelve months, the body has adopted to that kind of uh, challenges that you are <laughs> are doing, and then so that's kind of the new normal for the body. Yeah, <laughs> you had to add something, and that's that's basically what a training plan is. That is uh, like a, a structured uh, flow where you increase the training load week by week or every two weeks to ensure that your body keeps on adjusting. So would you say that those uh, who kind of reach that plateau you, you mentioned uh, have, you know, uh, in their life, they have these two, three, four times a week where they can, a specific number of hours they can train and, and they've done that for quite a while and then they reach that plateau. They don't have any kind of extra time that they can add on but they you say if they if we make a plan you can actually continue to develop within that limited amount of time that you have yeah to to to, to a certain extent uh, of course well, well if you say yeah well my only option is to increase intensity well you can only increase intensity to a certain level <laughs> <laughs> at some point you fall off the bike that's but, but you can do other stuff sometimes sometimes it's about well yeah, I got four or five hours a week for training. Yeah, but maybe if you did something else, maybe if you did if you did prioritize a little different, you might have six hours. Mm-hmm. We might uh, take a look at the nutrition, sleep habits, yeah. 
sleep is extremely important uh, for the for for the, for the recovery process and the adaptations, uh, all those kind of stuff. Uh, and maybe we could ask people to do some 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 strength training. Some it could be in their own home. So instead of uh, watching TV or YouTube or whatever they are watching, maybe they could spend uh, twenty minutes, a few days a week, uh, doing some strength work uh, in the living room. Mm. You have a lot of uh, factors that you can adjust yes. elements. Yeah. Yes, uh, uh. yes, and it's all—it's also—it's always a, a question about how, how you prioritize. You know what is important for you. I, I know you—you have—you have—you have small kid, and I've also been there uh, not uh, too far ago. And, and and at certain times of your life, uh, you have very little time. And it might not be when you, if you if you become a, a, a parent for the, for the first time, that might not be the year where you want to go full in on all in. On, I seriously on, on doubt it. I seriously doubt it. <laughs> no, so it also so, so 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 it has to be a realistic goal that you are uh, setting for yourself. Mm-hmm. Also regarding uh, the number of hours that that you can train and how much how much fit, fitness you can gain in in in, in a short time. Yeah, uh, but it's interesting. I, I think a lot of people actually need to uh, probably focus a, a more about you know having a plan and, and setting some realistic goals. Uh, and and I, I kind of like what you say that maybe you also look at the nutrition, how much you sleep, and all that. All those things add up to to actually benefit the the level that you can reach on the on the, how you can perform on the bicycle. That's that's good to hear. Yeah, but but sometimes we also have these ideas that oof, I'm doing all I can, you know. I'm doing as much as I can, and I have never met an athlete where I, I, within two minutes, couldn't ask them a question where they just had to realize that, oh, well, maybe I could do this also. Sometimes we just get, you know, within our own uh, thinking patterns that uh, I'm doing this, I'm working from nine to five, and I'm training from here. This is all I can do. But sometimes you can do something's different how about that's that's good to hear but it's uh i think we could uh, talk a lot about that and we could probably make a whole separate episode just about nutrition and sleep and everything off the bike uh so so we'll save that for another time but it's been good to to hear and uh and thanks for coming and uh great to hear what uh, your your suggestions and advices and also i want to wish you uh, a, a good uh, good luck with all your 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 clients and and for for 2021 and uh, hope to to see you more uh, also see you here in norway on on the bike as well so so thanks for coming oh you're welcome and thank you 